In 2011, APA members took part in a pro bono planning workshop aimed at building strategies for creating green space in a neighborhood in the midst of tremendous growth. At the time, development was in high gear in Noma, a neighborhood in Washington, D.C., located north of Massachusetts Avenue, but no land was set aside for publicly accessible space, so a strategy was desperately needed. I'm Mike Johnson with the American Planning Association. Today I'm joined by Robin Eve Jasper, president of the Noma Business Improvement District and also president of the Noma Parks Foundation, and Stacy West, director of Parks Projects for the Noma Parks Foundation. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Washington, D.C. experienced explosive change and economic growth over the last 10 to 20 years. Noma, or north of Massachusetts Avenue, underwent some of the most rapid growth of any D.C. neighborhood. Give us a brief history of Noma, what spurred development there, and the situation it was faced with when the workshop took place uh, back in 2011. Well, the history of Noma is that of a a railroad neighborhood that um, went into a, a tailspin after the federal government started investing in the Eisenhower era and the Federal Highway Program, which shifted people from railroads onto highways. And so Noma, which had been a, a thriving center of commerce related to railroads, became uh, desolate and over time deteriorated into what was predominantly surface parking lots and some old warehouses. In the late 1990s, when the district was, as some people may recall, in bankruptcy and the federal government had taken over control through a control board, there were also a number of planning efforts, uh, most significantly the Citizens Plan for the Economic Resurgence of Washington, D.C., which was completed in 1998, and it identified a number of steps, 40 of them, that the city could take in order to move on the pathway back to economic health. Uh, NOMA had three of those recommendations, and they really called for the development of an office neighborhood there to respond to both the great access for NOMA through Union Station, the Union Station Metro Station, um, I-395, and it's walking distance to the U.S. Capitol. And so it was really identified as a neighborhood of opportunity. One of the factors that were interventions that was recommended was the development of the Noma Gallaudet metro station to improve access even further. So coming into Union Station, you have all of the commuter rail lines, you have the metro, you have Amtrak, then the additional station at Noma Gallaudet became more of a, a bookend for that Union Station Metro uh, stop. And in addition, there was funding for the Metropolitan Branch Trail, a bicycle connector between Union Station and Silver Spring. So those, those actions were recommended in the Citizens' Plan, and uh, it's one of those cases where uh, there was success. And... Uh, the city took steps to enable uh, the construction, development of office buildings there, 
and provided zoning that really incentivized developers to move forward. And the federal government redefined uh, the area for GSA leasing, uh, the Government Services General Services Administration, uh, to include the area of NOMA. And that was really the beginning. Um, so there were the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearm built their headquarters there. The NOMA Gallaudet metro station opened in 2004, and people began building more office buildings and also uh, ultimately in the later part of the aught, uh, 2000 aughts, uh, residential buildings. Uh, the appeal in NOMA was the permissiveness of the zoning. So people could build residential or they could build office, and there was almost nothing by way of entitlements that need to be received in order to go forward with construction. You needed your permit, but there was no planned unit development. It was zoned to the maximum density you can get in D.C., and so people could really turn on a dime, um, convert a building from office to residential uh, without any kind of long um, process, and that really incentivized capital to invest in the neighborhood. Uh, the unfortunate thing, as you mentioned, is that uh, the city and the people working on the citizens' plan did not actually anticipate the kind of success that the neighborhood would be. They thought of it as exclusively an office area, and the city did not reserve space for parks. So that was the situation when the planning workshop took place in 2011. You were seeing the beginning of residential development, which has now really taken off and lots of people live there. Um, and you saw lots of office development, but you didn't have any land for parks. And so uh, that was where we were in 2011. And like you mentioned, you know, one of the recommendations of that APA community planning workshop uh, was for the business improvement district to prioritize ways in which uh, it could engage the neighborhood's growing resident base, uh, as well as business owners and, and the development community in, in general. How has the business improvement district engaged these audiences specifically in planning for parks and other public spaces in the neighborhood? Well, I'll let Stacy fill out the details on this because she actually oversees a lot of our current outreach. Um, but we, we saw in 2011 and even before the need, and so in 2012 we kind of kicked the thing off post the planning workshop in 11 with a public realm design plan that engaged uh, neighbor stakeholders. In 11, I think, was when the very first building with residents opened in the bid but we had residents engaged from the neighboring communities in that. And following that, we really had a plan for parks in the neighborhood. So that's really where we started. And uh, that was also the year in 2012 that we established the NOMA Parks Foundation. And the board of the Parks Foundation was focused like a laser on, on great public outreach. And, and Stacy has been the shepherd of that for uh, for the last several years, so I'll let her talk about that. Sure. I, you know, we do things in a number of ways. Our goal really is to engage people whenever we can and wherever we can, knowing that 
people have busy lives and they may not always be able to attend meetings. So um, I would say the sort of big umbrella things that we do are having a really robust website that has all of our information, including background documents. I think a lot of people are really interested in knowing a little bit more about how we got to be, um, and particularly we're partnered with the District of Columbia government on developing all of the parks. So um, we're very transparent about um, how that arrangement works and how uh, we plan to build the parks. Um, we also have three times a year, three times a year, these have been pretty fun to do. Uh, we call them Noma Parks Community Conversations and they're umbrella meetings. So when we have an opportunity to meet with people who may not be interested in a specific parks project, for example, we can kind of hit a broader audience um, by touching on all of the parks projects. We provide a meal. Um, they're conducted in a very conversational style, so it's a chance for you to meet neighbors or maybe other people who are interested in um, just the movement of the neighborhood and more parks. Um, we also recognize that we're on a pretty short time frame with this, so uh, our grant with the District of Columbia to build parks in the neighborhood is structured over six years. We have a lot of projects that are concurrent, and having sort of a, an umbrella meeting enables us to not weary our wonderful community partners with uh, so many meetings. Um, but in addition to that, we have a specific meeting for each project, um, usually a series of those. So people who are maybe a little more interested in knowing about a dog park or public art that we're installing are able to, you know, kind of focus in on that. We also have a really great um, presence with our local advisory neighborhood commission, as well as a nearby civic association. So we're present uh, at a lot of those meetings. We attend them. We engage with those folks. Most recently, our biggest um, outreach effort has been around a My Sidewalk platform, which I know some planners out there may be familiar with uh, because it used to be called Mind Mixer. Ours is imaginenomaparks.org. And it's a great opportunity for us to not only share things, so if you miss the meeting, you're able to download all of the materials that we shared, but for us, it's been truly helpful in gathering information from people. So we're able to accept information back from people. We just had a photo contest where people could share, you know, ideal park settings. Um, and that's all really helpful for us. On the business owner and the development community side, I think it's really interesting that a number of our parks projects are actually being done in partnership with some of the local developers. So we're able to meet with them on a pretty regular basis. We rely quite a bit on um, privately owned, publicly accessible space, and we try to make improvements in the public area around that space. So we're able to, you know, kind of work in tandem on a regular basis with the development community. And I also just add that our the board for both the NOMA BID and the NOMA Park Foundation has a number of development partners and um, property owners in the neighborhood. So we're able to regularly interface with them and, you know, update them on what the residents' interests and needs and excitement is about and uh, hear from them as well. So the NOMA Parks Foundation formed in 2012. Can you tell us uh, how and why the foundation was formed and the work that it's doing? So it formed because, uh, you know, parks, so bids are, you know, some some of your listeners will know what bids do, but really bids do uh, 
clean and safe marketing and events. I mean, they're really about keeping a neighborhood nice. They're not really about developing property. And frankly, the board and and I and even the district government uh, understood that when we needed to go and acquire property and build parks in Noma, that that was really a more of a development function than a typical big function. And so it made a, a, a lot of sense to divide that into an entity that was really more appropriate for building parks, acquiring land, working in a public-private partnership with the city. So that was why the Noma Parks Foundation was set up. Um, and also anticipating that, you know, Noma Parks, bids in, in D.C. are creatures of statutes like they are everywhere else. And in D.C. they each have a kind of renewal every five years where the members get to vote on renewing. Uh, parks, The parks will be there, we hope, forever. And so the Parks Foundation is just an entity that's really better tailored to the needs of a, of a system of parks, uh, whether it be fundraising, long-term operations, or acquiring land and developing it. So, Robin, what's been the greatest challenge, uh, in your opinion, uh, when it comes to creating accessible, safe public spaces for people to enjoy in Noma? Well, I think it's undeniable that the biggest challenge is the fact that no public land was reserved for parks. And so in order to find land to create this publicly accessible space, we either have to go out and acquire it, um, or we have to convince private owners to let us use land. In a city like Washington, D.C., with a height limitation, uh, convincing people to let us use their land for nothing is, is pretty much out of the question because it uh, really hugely affects the economics of development. So the acquisition is what we've been most focused on, and uh, we've, been, we've had a lot of success this year, but we are out there competing with private developers for land in a very hot market. Stacey can fill in a whole lot more about the other challenges of creating safe, publicly accessible space in the neighborhood. Yeah, we have, as Robin has mentioned, the Park Foundation is, you know, concerned with the longevity of the parks. And one of those um, deep concerns that we have is how to maintain these parks in the long term. So the operations is a big question um, that we're working through right now. We're pretty focused on as we develop plans for parks and thinking about who is best to maintain and operate them and what each park's unique challenge around that will be. Um, one of the things that's particularly challenged is that reliance on privately owned, publicly accessible space. But it's one where we're hoping to lean on our private sector partners a little bit to help maintain those spaces, um, particularly as they're typically located on their property and something that they have a vested interest in maintaining. Um, but, you know, it's certainly a question, I think, for everyone who develops parks is how do you keep them looking like they are on opening day um, throughout their lifetime? At the, you know, the top of the list for our listeners in our community here, can you describe the value of planners uh, when working with area stakeholders and other design professionals uh, in, in the efforts of the Noma Parks Foundation? 
Sure, I should preface this by saying I'm a little biased because I am a planner and an APA member, so I think that planners have a great value in this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that I think planners really bring to this arena is sort of a holistic lens and a bigger lens about the neighborhood and how we kind of fit into larger initiatives throughout the city. So, for example, you know, when the district has formed park and recreation master plans, um, there's a great sustainability plan here in D.C., and there's some other citywide goals around park development. It's something that is, you know, on the forefront of our minds when we're thinking about the parks in Noma is how they not only fit into a system of parks within the neighborhood, but how they also relate to the neighborhoods around us and to citywide efforts. Um, we also have on our staff an economic development and planning director, so she and I work hand-in-hand hand to sort of look at um, the parks fit in with other neighborhood development um, from a planning perspective. And we have really great relationships with the D.C. Office of Planning. So it's a great opportunity for us to exchange ideas with them, but also to learn um, what is going on kind of outside of the bid boundaries within the district that may be interesting interventions here in Noma. And I would probably add one thing, which is that the seminal document that we used to get everybody behind a unified, a unified vision for Noma Parks was the Noma Parks Public Realm Design Plan. So, you know, kind of the notion that we could, among developers and residents and planners, create a vision for a system of parks in Noma and then, uh, in partnership with the district, receive funding for that and execute on that plan, I mean, without planners, you know, we would not have had that vision and, and we would, you know, be challenged in, in ways that, in areas that we're succeeding really well today. Mm -hmm. Great. So it's obvious here the theme has been for NOMA that undeveloped land is extremely limited. Part of the NOMA Parks Foundation mission statement says uh, it's working to establish, quote, welcoming, sustainable, beautiful places where people can play, refresh, and connect now and in the future, end quote. How is the foundation working to continue delivering on its mission statement? Well, the good news is we have been successful so far in a few acquisitions. We've made three acquisitions totaling about two and a half acres. And I say that as a thus far because, you know, we still have our eye on something else in the neighborhood if we're able to get it, um, that that would be, you know, such a win for us if we were able to add even a little more land. But on top of that, we're trying to really push the envelope for public space. We have the great benefit in Noma of having really wide sidewalks. So we have some opportunities to treat these wide rights of way as a linear park in a way that, you know, some neighborhoods really don't have that same opportunity. So we're looking at ways we can utilize the public space as parkland, um, even though it's fairly limited and looks rather linear, uh, we're able to do that. Um, and then we have some of our first development underway now on what will be privately owned, publicly accessible space, and we think the success of that will hopefully drive even more opportunities like that. One thing we've been doing is also in addition to the item Stacy's mentioned, is to kind of look very differently at what kinds of spaces can be parked. Stacy mentioned the public space and our wide sidewalks. She didn't mention our great underpass 
uh, art competition where we uh, receive submissions from all over the world for more than 200 of them for installations in some underpasses that were very unappealing and will soon be magnets attracting people to Noma. Um, but the other thing we've really been successful in doing, which is different, I think, than development in most other neighborhoods that I've seen over the last decade, is we've been able to get developers and the public sector to look at the neighborhood as a whole, as if the lot lines were not there. So we have many instances where we have developers working with adjacent developers, coordinating what they put on their lot so that they can make a public space that's great, whether it's making kind of continuous streetscapes or enabling spaces to be used together, whether they're public or private, uh, in a way that really is unusual. And so you don't wind up with a kind of, uh, you know, building block, neatly defined boundaries that you do in typical development in the city. So that's a little bit of a blessing on the side of the otherwise curse of development happening so fast in NOMA is that we can also get developers and the public sector into the office in real time and find ways to take public space and private space that isn't going to be built on and turn those into coherent public spaces for people in the neighborhood to use. That's fantastic. Well, thank you. Uh, I want to give you, as we bring this to a close, uh, where can our listeners find out more information about both uh, NOMA's uh, Business Improvement District and the, the Parks Foundation? Sure. So um, it may be helpful. NOMA is N-O-M-A. So the bid can be found at nomabid.org. Uh, NOMA Parks is at nomaparks.org. Uh, we also have imaginenomaparks.org, and that's kind of a fun way for you to like, tell us what you think about parks. And you find us on Twitter. We are at nomaparksdc or at nomabid. Well, I'd like to uh, thank you both, Stacy and Robin, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for a great question. It's great. Thank you very much. And for our listeners, if you want any more information about the Community Planning Workshop or the Community Planning Assistance Team, the pro bono planning work that's done by members of the American Planning Association, you can find out more information at www.planning.org.